Hello, Sunday, the eleventh of December. It's very, uh, it's very cold, but I actually don't mind it. I think the, it's the number of cold and bright days, has surpassed even my, very lofty standards for what I want in good weather. But then saying that, I'm very easily pleased, at the same time. Like it doesn't take very much for me to have like, a really good time really good day which I think is a good thing um, I've had a swim which was really nice it's quite weird I don't know if maybe it's just because it was England last night and we lost but like I feel like if we'd won it would have been buzzing but it was like completely dead the pool um, but that's fine um, this week has been a pretty good week kind of more back to well probably the last kind of full on in-person coaching plus online stuff um, week of the year, which I know might seem a bit pathetic to those of you who work like real jobs, but next week I've got way fewer sessions in person. And then the week after that, I've got loads of in-person. So yeah. That's but yeah, it's it's uh it's a nice balance and it's nice to get to the end of the year, like already excited for what I'm doing in 2023. Um, so yeah, last last Monday had uh, had my regular call with Saul, um, which is good. I'm pretty, I think I'm pretty ready to start online coaching now and thinking more regularly about programming, training, nutrition, um, and those lifestyle elements as well. I had to go to the uh, Royal Free. I I can't remember if I said this. I had an operation on my thumb. Uh, a few months ago anyway I had to go back to see if I needed like hand therapy and I don't basically which is really really good it's healed pretty well um, so that was a real bonus uh, and then I had a client session Monday night Tuesday uh, did yeah did uh, did another client session at a new gym that I tried in a slight old street angel sort of way um, which was good and then I had the Cuffley uh, junior goalies and then with the first team we're going to talk about that first team session um, with Drew when he comes on and yeah the goalies were, the goalies are good fun we had a slightly smaller group so I felt like I could get some more time with everyone in the session which was good normally we have like 16, 17 but there were 10 I think um which was nice. Um, Sam came down and did some photos for us, which was really, really cool. Um, there were, like, we were talking kind of just after, and I was saying, like, in the goalie session, I was like, really, I could really notice her being there, and I was like, trying to not think too much about the camera. But in the first team session, I was like, really, really into the session, so I was a lot less aware of where she was. Um, that was good. Hopefully, get some of those up this week. And then Wednesday had a pretty normal day, a couple of catch-ups with the coaches. And then uh, evening session was interesting because I'd planned it around the goalies. I'd like just planned the whole session around them. But then one of them couldn't come, so only one goalie was there. And I could have still run it and delivered it, but I figured I'd just save it. It's nice to have like a session bank of something that's ready to go. Um, so I planned something else around pressing it was just freezing. I was thinking, this is, it, this has got to be where 
the like weather and the conditions and the elements are just you have to roll with them um so i did that and we had a really really good session wednesday um thursday had a uh had a good session with ballers did some physical corner stuff again because it was really really cold um and then i met tash for dinner that was really nice and then friday caught up with rupert had a good chat about podcasting and some ideas that he's working on and then yeah had a nice wander with fleur that was really really good watched the football and then watched uh well watched both games and then nipped into the to the social and then yesterday game was called off i had my conditioning session at ignite uh, and then we did some really good stuff around player profiles for my B license, actually. Uh, we might touch on that um, a little bit in this episode, but it's just so much insight you can get from just sitting with your players and discussing areas that they think they're strong in, areas that they're having challenges in, um, and like how they fit with what you're trying to do as a team. I thought we got some really, really good stuff done, which is great. And then today... I've been for a swim, going to coach at 11 and then we're going to go and have a quite a Christmassy day. Hopefully it'll clear up a little bit, might go down to Greenwich. So that'll be that. Um, Drew's been on the podcast before. He is uh, the player manager at Cuffley and he works for Arsenal. Boo. Um, not boo really. I don't think we should. We've, we've, seen, we've seen the value in having an England team united. We should, uh, we shouldn't boo uh someone because they support or work for a club that we don't um yeah this is going to be this is going to be a bit on england and then looking at our our week at the at the club i hope you enjoy it The gaffer, fresh off a uh, big night at Cuffley FC. How was it? It was all right. It was good. There was a lot of uh, there was a lot of kids there. Not many adults. I think a lot of the parents are dropping their kids off so they can go <laughs> somewhere else to watch the game. Um, few upset, yeah, 13, 14 year olds at the end of the game, which was quite cute. That was what I liked when we watched. What game did we watch there? The final group game. Yeah, um, Wales game, yeah. Wales, that was it. It was very like, I think because a lot of my, well, people my age, my mates are sort of like either half in because of like it being winter and there's just not the level of like, oh yeah, summer, I can go and booze and have a great time watching the game. And then also the fact it was in Qatar. But it was really nice seeing kids like, this is like the first World Cup that they'll remember. And like being there to see them have that was quite nice. Yeah, it's probably the it's probably the like the best opportunity they get to kind of watch it all together. So there's like groups of say the under 14s, all of them there watching it together. 
I wonder whether them being upset is partly like they don't get to watch any more games with each other and go down the club on their own kind of thing. A couple of them got their like girlfriends there or whatever. It's quite, um, yeah, it was quite cute. But it was also quite nice that like a couple of them were crying at the end of the game. Really? I thought it was quite nice that they could do that in front of each other. Yeah, yeah. I was quite surprised. Um, yeah, I was saying to uh, Jack came down and watched it there last night. I said to him before the game, like I don't have any of the nerves watching England that I would watching Arsenal, mm. even like in a Premier League game. Just I get so much more nervous. I think I care probably more than when I do watching England. But as it goes on, as it gets, he said to me when we had the first penalties, like you must be a bit nervous now. Mm. Um, and yeah, obviously I sort of got more into it, and it was I was disappointed but there we go yeah I think the it's, it is weird it, it is it does feel different international football I think yesterday like I was watching it with with Luce and like our mates that like we went to their wedding over the summer like really nice not not at all like busy or aggy and I've like watched other games this tournament when like <laughs> just mad idiots shouting stuff and like that makes me like the game less. Like I quite enjoyed watching it just with people that wanted to watch it. And it was like really, it was like a quite calm environment. But I I think I think if I think if we'd won, I'd have wanted a, a bit of like rowdiness. Um and the fact that there wasn't that. But I mean we lost, so I don't know. Yeah, there was a few um I almost started kind of writing down some of the comments that reminded me of your uh, of your post the other day there's like I, I literally wrote it down on my phone after two two minutes 22 this guy behind me was like we can't get a bloody ball off them <laughs> like, the, game, the game's just kicked off I mean the first time Mbappe got the ball he went oh he's all over him he can't get anywhere near him and I was like he hasn't gone anywhere don't worry about it yeah I think that there is something at a later date to come back to around like people who who are watching football in a way that they think is impressive to other people versus like people who watch football who either play or coach or are involved with it at a decent level who actually just watch it like a normal fan as opposed to trying to like demonstrate that they understand things that other people might not yeah, yeah. When um, you know when we had the penalty shout, was it in the first half? The Upamecano one between Kane's legs. Yeah. So like, as soon as it happened, I went. I was outside the area, and Jack went to me. Why are you being so? Uh, <laughs> why are you being so honest? <laughs> I was like, it doesn't really make a difference, does it? I think because I'd said to him that I didn't care as much. And he was like, me saying that was outside the area was just another example of me, almost like I didn't want us to win. Yeah. But I'm just watching it like a like a football game. And that was quite obvious. So it looked quite clear to me straight away. Yeah. That is funny. The, the, the idea that like the people you're watching on telly are going to be influenced by stuff that you're shouting is just, it is funny. Um, I thought it was, it was, it was even, wasn't it? It was like an even game. I don't I don't think I I think I thought that England had a chance to win and I like 
part of me was like, I think they actually will win tonight. And I think that's what made it a bit worse to lose. Like, it's not like they, it's not like France had the way better chances, had the run of it. And then like England couldn't equalize. It was like, oh, we actually had good opportunities over the course of the game. Yeah, I think going into it, I, f- I expected it to be pretty even. I thought we had a pretty like a 50-50 chance of going through. And I think the fact that it's France maybe makes it a bit less, or for me, makes it a bit less painful going out because they've gone out to a good side. Um, yeah, I thought they had quite clearly kind of different styles and approaches, but first half I thought we didn't really look like we were going to threaten too much but then we had that spell early in the second half didn't we that kind of led up that 15 20 minute spell that had a couple of chances and then and then the goal so yeah I thought we were in it all the time um it never really felt like the game was going to get away from us um but I think the the thing for me is we we do sit, I'm not, I don't, I don't mean this as having a go at the team, but we do seem quite uh negative's the wrong word. But we don't really go for teams, I don't think. Mm. I don't think we I don't think we get up the pitch together very well. I don't think we similar to some of the stuff that we coach. I think France could keep us in our own half when they had the ball. And I don't think we can really do that to teams. We can't really build pressure against good teams like that. I think that's one of the things that probably would be highlighted for me. Is that just in the profile of the of the, of the defenders? That they're just like not as like able to defend in front of... The, like if you think about Konate... No, Kanata didn't even play. I'm getting ahead of myself. I've already before thinking about who France are going to start at the next World Cup. Varane and Lupin Meccano, like they're just they're just great at doing that. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I think it's. I was thinking about why why we couldn't do that. I wonder whether it's also. I think you have to have everyone on the pitch is so dialed in to how you keep the ball to be able to keep it high up the pitch, and I think we've probably got two or three that that aren't like that. I wonder whether also some of the other international teams have probably bigger numbers of players that play for the same team. Um, so yeah, I just don't know if we're dialed in enough to be able to to really pin teams back. And maybe, maybe they just don't want to do that either. Maybe that's just the style. But I, I, I do think that means that you have less opportunities to kind of dominate and score the way that you want to score which may be something else that we can kind of come on to so I think for me we have like one obvious avenue that we try to go down to score but only one what what's that I mean it appears to me like Saka is the main like that's the obvious like planned threat so whether it it goes out to Saka Saka's got a few different kind of good options that he can run almost. So he's either he cuts in and beats people and shoots or he cuts in and plays that kind of in-swinging cross from the right-hand side or even cutting on the outside or playing to the, the fullback overlapping. 
that's the position where I think we get into most often. So it suggests to me that that's kind of planned. Naturally, Albert texted me in the first half yesterday saying, I don't get the hype with Saka. Really? And I was thinking maybe that's just because France know that's the plan and they've defended it. But yeah, he, yeah. Had, he had a good spell in the second half, didn't he, where he was dangerous. He, he I was thinking about like how to like describe how he plays. It's like controlled urgency. Like he's like under control the whole time, but he's always trying to make something happen. It, it it seems like, and even the so like the 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 penalty that we score, that's off of him like getting it. Plays a one two, doesn't he? And and get like that 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 was really good. He also had that one in the first half where he's in a similar position and he maybe gets fouled, doesn't get a free kick. Um, but that that sort of area of the pitch. He's so he's so good in. Um, it's pretty. There I mean, it's, go on. There was an interesting bit for me in this in the second half. I was watching him dribbling. He's dribbling down the right hand side and kind of in line with the width of the penalty area. Hmm. And if you look at his eyes, he's he's dribbling, but he's always looking inside at what's what's changing. And. I think that's a like that's a real skill, like to be able to be moving that quickly with the ball, but watching for what's happening and the, the kind of picture that's changing. Like, not by any means trying to compare him, but yeah, uh, the Messi goal that he scored, I think, in the group stages where he he was down the right hand side and he played inside, got set and he just rolled it into the far corner. Kind of reminded me of like that being on the outside, but trying to get inside if you can. And Saka, I think, does that. He's so clever the way he does that. Yeah. It's all everything he does is very deliberate, I think. Yeah, yeah. He also had, I think it was, I think it was probably midway, I think it was probably one one when he did it. There was one where uh we had it at the back. I think Stones, it might have been Stones and one of the midfielders, maybe Rice, like keep it and Stones plays it like he like shifts it to the left and plays it with the outside of his right foot in like a straight line. And Saka's come like all the way into the middle and he receives it and turns. And now he's like running at players right in the middle of the pitch. Um, and it, yeah, I, I think, I think it's pretty remarkable how big a part of the team he is given he like, <laughs> I th like he's relatively recently come in and hasn't started every game. Yeah. Yeah, I think in the I think in the second half it looked to me like we changed a little bit and almost not necessarily set up with a back three, but kind of moved into a back three when we had the ball quite a lot. So like Walker slid in, uh, Shaw was quite high, Henderson pulled out to the right hand side, and that meant Saka got it more central, which I thought was quite quite a subtle but probably quite a clever change at half time um that probably had a good impact for that first especially for that first sort of 20 25 minutes but yeah kind of going back to that point as well around that makes it even more impressive he's he's the only one from his club so he's playing with 10 players 13 14 players that he doesn't play with otherwise mm. um yeah. Yeah, I thought that I thought that was probably our most dangerous area. 
But I thought Kane was good yesterday. Um, I thought he he was he was dangerous. He got some good positions. But like Bellingham, I think we talked a little bit about Henderson yesterday and why he's playing. And I think it looks to me like maybe it's just Bellingham's the best option to be closest to Kane, and that's the way that you can get him there. Um, it's just quite relentless in how he joins in. Yeah. He, yeah, I thought I thought Kane was great. Do you know? Do you want to guess the xG that Kane accumulated yesterday? He had two penalties, so that kind of warps it. But I don't really want to guess because I would never have had a guess at anything like this before. So okay, <laughs> all right. France. So xG for the whole game: England two point five nine, France one point three two. Kane's xG was two point zero four. So those positions that you're thinking about him getting in, even if you take away the two penalties, he's still got good opportunities. Like that one where he rolled, I think he rolled Upa Meccano and his one-on-one, that finished the outside of his foot. That was a sort of, like I could just see him scoring that goal for Spurs. And I feel like I've seen him do that before. Um, But he, like he had a couple of good, like, that tur- well, that that turn obviously in the box led to a chance, but he had a couple where he like turned it around the corner nicely. There was a bit in the second half as well where he like held it up, like someone went beyond him. It came back to me like played it first time out to Shaw, I think, on the left. Where, yeah, there's just not many players that that can do that. Um, but yeah, I, I on the on the um the bit around like the chances that England had. The I think one of the frustrating things will be that they didn't really get anything off of set pieces in nearly the same way. Like that was such a threat at the last couple of tournaments, and just it, it wasn't in the same way. That Maguire header was like a great opportunity, but I can't think of I can't really think of any others where there's been like something that they've planned or rehearsed or set up and come anywhere near to scoring with it. Yeah. And, and I mean, even if, like, if, if you conceded, if you're on the team that conceded that Maguire chance, if he scored from there, you'd be pretty disappointed. Yeah, true. Um, but I was, I was thinking then actually just to kind of move it to France a little bit, there's a big difference with having someone like Giroud who just wants to be, wants to be in the box and you think if if there's even a half decent delivery he's going to be near it and I don't think we have players that are like that who are who are wired that way to to just want to be on the end of everything mm. you can see him sort of spring to life when when it starts to look like it's going to get near the box um and just to have that like relentless, like th- I know this is my role, whether it's whether it's on the floor, whether it's in the air, like, you know he's going to be dangerous and he's going to be around it. His movement's so good, he's finishing so good in that kind of in that area. I think that's a that's probably a difference just in having someone who wants to be there, wants to do that role. Mm. It's interesting. I like part of me thinks that Kane could be that. And if we had, like, say, instead of, say you had, like, kind of Bellingham do the Henderson bits and then you had maybe Foden do the Bellingham stuff where he could be a little bit closer, I think you might get 
that from Kane. Like part of from watching Kane so much for Spurs, like it seems he's had to get good at that because we don't create without him. But England could create without him and he could be more of that finisher. But then maybe maybe that's maybe that's not <laughs> accurate and he does want to be involved in all of those bits of build up. Yeah, I think he's just so good at all the other bits as well, which maybe like if he wanted to just be that number nine, I'm I'm sure he could. But then you'd lose like he's probably better at a lot of the number ten stuff mm. than a lot of number tens. Yeah. We uh we had there was a lot of like Walker V Mbappe chat pre match. I thought that was like as controlled. I thought that was as well as anyone's like controlled in inverted commas Mbappe. Like, and he still had a couple of moments where it was like, oh my God, what, what are you supposed to do when he like slows down and then speeds up? Like literally, how do you stop that? Yeah. We talked a little bit about that. Uh, I love that skill he does where he just runs past the ball and then comes back, comes back to it again. Um, but yeah, you, you kind of had the feeling that that was going to happen, right? They, spend the whole week just talking about him and then it just wasn't going to be about him. Um, yeah, I thought they like they defended it, defended it pretty well, but it, it never felt desperate, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's always going to be dangerous, but it never felt like that was sort of last-ditch defending or we were kind of panicking when he had the ball. It was all fairly controlled. And I think like not... Like his pace isn't the only thing you have to worry about. So it's not just like, well, just put someone fast up against him. You put a good defender against him, the defender's probably going to back themselves. I don't think Carl Walker would have been going into that game terrified. Mm. Yeah. Um, right, I think to kind of like tie a bow on this game, my my like, I think my feeling coming away from it is like gone out to the like the team that won it last time who have like lost their two midfielders and it just like doesn't really matter to give you like some of the kind of the insight into the the quality in their team um and like i wrote down like players that will be involved for england at the next tournament and like mount foden rice bellingham saka rashford kane pickford i think are like certainties to to be involved and then from ones who weren't there, like Ben White will be involved, Tamori will be involved, James and Chilwell will be there as well. Like I think it's not, and that's without even thinking about like Abraham, for example. Like I think there's a lot there for England. So I was like feeling confident about that. And then I thought about France and I was thinking <laughs> next tournament, they can go back free, Saliba, Upamecano and Canate, and they can have Chouameni and Camavinga as their midfielders. <laughs> And then they've got like 26 year old Mbappe. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's frightening. It's so mad. Uh, but yeah, unlucky England, not, not, the, not the way to go out, probably. You'd want it to be a little bit, at least a little bit, I don't know, tighter, closer, more, more exciting than just like, oh, fuck, we've missed the pen. But yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, I think we should mention the pens. Uh, would would you have had Kane take the second pen? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, like, did you see him after the game? He said, I prepare for one or two. Like, I do, I genuinely think that's true. Yeah, yeah, I would have thought so, yeah. Um, 
Yeah. I think, I, what do you think he was trying to do? I think he was trying to do the exact same thing. Oh, do you? I think he was trying to, like, I think he was trying to put it in exactly the same place. And Yeah, to, and I and guess if he gets it right, the keeper doesn't save it regardless. No. Because no. um, he's had, there's other, uh, there's other games I can think of for Spurs where, like, he's had two in a game and, like, he might have scored the first one and then has decided to do something different. Or, like, the Liverpool game, he missed the first one. This is, like, 2018 or 17 or something. Missed the first one and then second one went down the middle. And I was thinking that is, that was brilliant, like, to to do that. Um, yeah, I thought down the middle was the pen for the second one. Yeah. Because um, I think, like, the keeper's not going to not dive. Yeah. At that In that kind of big stage and not like not talking kind of Penenka I'm like talking like like Kane's done it before where he sort of drills one or even that kind of side foot down the middle but yeah that is is what it is he's the he's one of if not the best penalty takers I think I've ever seen like the amount he's had against Arsenal you just never think that there's a chance he's not gonna score that's how I felt yesterday I was so confident I couldn't believe that he didn't score like Mr. like Mr. Target was like of it, like so rare that that happens, but like I was just like, oh, well, it's two-two. I wonder how the last few minutes will go, and then we've got extra time. Like that was like literally what I was thinking as soon as, as soon as it was given. Yeah, and that, interestingly, like I think this World Cup in particular, probably. I wonder whether there's something that flips when I watch the shootouts. I always feel like the the big players, like the the sort of star players. There's that kind of added weight and pressure on them to score um i think they set in league games and stuff i i think kane's taking a penalty like there's just no such a high percentage that he's gonna that he's gonna score but in shootouts and stuff i'm like looking at those big players and think like this it's it's worse if you miss mm. um and i wonder whether that kind of that does build um Similar for, for him yesterday, we've seen a shootout or a game. It's like those big moments that, because you kind of know how painful it's going to be if they don't score. But yeah, not a nice way to go out, but not, also not the reason, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Southgate, Southgate answered that question, that, that final thing. He answered that quite well, I thought, after the game. He, he kind of said like, well, we've conceded two goals and we've had other chances. Just to like put it in a bit of perspective. Um, yeah, England, 2026. Uh, where is it? USA. America, Mexico, yeah. Canada. That'd be good. And also we've got Women's World Cup next summer. Like, there's lots going on. There's lots going on. Um, okay, little bit on little bit on the cuff, because I think like last think about last week, so the game, the two one cup game, and then the session that followed that. Obviously, game was called off yesterday. Um, I thought it would be interesting to, yeah, review the session that we did on Tuesday. Maybe if you could set up like how our game went the week before, and then why we decided to think about what we were going to train. Yeah, cool. So, cup game last week against a team in the division below who who'd been doing pretty well. Um, we'd been. Yeah, we've been doing pretty well as well, but had kind of one or two fairly big players uh, injured. 
we thought it would be an opportunity to give a couple of the kind of younger, newer players opportunities to start in in the cup game, centre forward and one of our sort of one of our two number tens that we play in a three four three. So kind of dominated possession in the first half, which we expected. Uh, conceded from a set piece to went in one nil down. Made a couple of kind of forced changes at half time, and then what we did better in the second half was that bit around dominating their half, um, and and keep keeping them in their in their half, trying to find our dangerous players in their most dangerous positions. And using our sort of rotation through midfield or through our forward players, our wing backs joining in to create opportunities for those dangerous players to be in the positions that they would want to be in. Um, and then kind of encouraging them to make the right decisions when they are there. Um, which we did pretty well in the second half and we we came back and in a in a 20 minute 20 minute spell which was probably one of our best of the season scored scored two goals and then kind of just managed the last 10 minutes of the game pretty well created a couple of chances but just kept the ball mainly um yeah there were a couple of bits that a couple of things that we saw in in the first half that we wanted to look at so around decision making where we got into we sort of beat their last line of defender, but then maybe took the wrong decision, were forced wide and tried to force something. Um, and we tried to recreate a couple of the pictures that we saw in the first half through something a bit more technical. So, so yeah, we had a couple of ideas for stuff going into Tuesday. Yeah, and we were thinking about, it's it's not, for us, it's not only keeping the ball, it's like keeping it in their half and in, in uh and in a way that like annoys the other team and we're like we that's like our, our one of our objectives isn't it is to like get the other team annoyed that they can't get the ball so that they then do things that well either they haven't been coached to do because they haven't been coached very well or that they do because players are just thinking fuck this i'm just gonna go and press and then there's a massive gap and we try and play in there um but the other thing that we did that we were looking i think specifically with tuesday was like get around their box and stay around their box and like kind of frighten them at how much pressure builds when you have it in those, in those areas. Yeah. I think, I think we, I think we, this is something that we talk to the players about and that we don't necessarily value our attacking players don't always value as much as they should that how, how nervous the opposition will be when, when we're around their box. So just kind of playing on that and not forcing decisions, making sure we wait for the right moments when we've got high percentage chances to score, I think. Yeah. So we had like two pictures that we were looking at to to kick our session off, which was like a pass from one of our defenders into midfield with then like a run from our number nine kind of over the shoulder of one of the opposition defenders to try and get the ball into that sort of space kind of maybe between the six yard box and the edge of the box and while that's happening have a run from our wing back on that side going into the box to try and create some space for someone to come and get the ball around the corner of the area 
Um, and then our other one was like on the opposite side, trying to have a trying to have one of our number tens like right on the corner of the box in an area that he'd been really dangerous in, with an option outside him. So our wing back kind of as that pass goes into him, thinking about being available to get the ball, but then having players simultaneously running behind to take the opposition back and have our midfielders move into that space so that you're kind of in shooting range as our number 10 gets it. Yeah, I think that that's that kind of sacker position, isn't it? Like that, yeah. that position where we know that he wants to drive in and shoot. So when he gets it there, how can we either create space for him to run in and shoot? Because other teams generally work that out quite quickly, although they still struggle to defend it. Um, or through those runs that are creating that space, be good options for him to make a different decision. Mm. I then think, so like from, from there, we looked at kind of extrapolating that into a, into a game around, like the, that was the area that the game started in. And then we had yeah two teams, one team that scored in a goal with a keeper and one team that scored in a smaller goal to try and like create a bit of jeopardy for either the midfielder who receives that first pass thinking, what if we lose it? We've got a goal to defend. But then also, uh, like whoever the defender is that starts with the ball, like if they play a dodgy pass, then we're going to be in trouble. So tried to get a little bit around that. I think this is where we've got to remember, like it was cold, so people didn't come. <laughs> and that's sometimes the reality with like the coaches planning sessions. And sometimes you have to like make, like make your adjustments and, yeah keep keep the kind of core elements of whatever it is that you've planned but you might have to you might have to rejig a couple of things and still make sure that you're getting some of the outcomes that you want yeah i think we did that pretty well for particularly for the team that we were like the main team that we were working with trying to create and score so taking that picture of that pass that kind of beats the last line but goes maybe a bit wider than we'd really like it to creating that option on one side and going into the to the wide number 10 on the other side I guess the challenge on reflection would be like how how realistically did the other team attack when they won it from us so like how much jeopardy was actually there Mm -hmm. um, but I think that's always the challenge, especially in a team that trains once a week. Like if I was on the other team who had sort of those five or six players just defending our attacks most of the time, how much do I want to be doing that? And like, is their um, is their goal fun enough to make them defend properly? Mm -hmm. Which I think they did pretty well. Um, considering and there was a bit of rotation of positions mm -hmm. um but we probably also had the right people there to do it with a good attitude yeah 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 um there was one moment that i thought we could talk about which was where we well i think we both had the same idea which was we need to try and get our striker some a couple more opportunities to make that run into the space behind and i think the ball had stopped and like I was thinking, right, let's just manufacture it. Let's just get the ball right. We're going to start. As soon as the pass gets released, we'll, we'll set it up perfectly and we can play off of that. 
and you simultaneously <laughs> were like telling the team how we could create that happen, how we could make that happen within the game. And I thought that was, and then, and then you did it and I burst out laughing. You're like, why are you laughing? I was like, well, we've just like, seen the same thing, but two completely different approaches to try and make it happen. Yeah, I, I thought you might uh, bring that that moment up. Um, I mean, it doesn't always work that well, but it was yeah. it was a, it was a good uh, it was a good example. I think that we wanted to play that we wanted to create a bit of space between their right back and centre back. I think I spoke to the the centre forward about bringing the uh, bringing the centre back towards the ball to create some space behind. And I asked the wing back to to go and affect the right back so that he marked him and then move him away from the space. And they just both did it pretty well, timed it pretty well. And and we were able to get that pass in behind. I think it showed that if they understand their their role and how to do how to do that, yeah, that we could create that in the game. It did create that picture quite nicely, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that was, I think the, the reason that stuck with me was that like over in, in the, in all the different kind of settings that I'm coaching at the moment, my, like, I think I'm quite, if I see something that I think should happen, I'm like, I'll, even if I have to manufacture it to make it happen, I'll, I'll do that because I think that there's like specific things we want to see, but then like with our lot, I think we're, I think they listen to instructions well enough. And I also think that like, we're kind of technically capable of making those, making those things happen within the flow of the game, that it's a conversation as opposed to stop, right, get ready. You stand here off this pass, ready, go. Um, which is, that's just like, that is such a big part of coaching that I think I'm not realizing for the first time, but like it's, it's, it's landing with me pretty like, extremely from the sessions I go to like on a between Monday and Friday. Um, and it's just really fun. Like that's so fun. What a fun reflection that like you can make it happen within the game just by coaching. Yeah. And I think that will land with the players much better. You'll get much better um, kind of transfer of that to a game if you can remind them that remember you if you want to create that space in behind you might need to make that little movement towards the ball the wide players understanding of like can you affect that make them defend that make that defender think that you're dangerous and then move him away because you want the ball to go to someone else i think by having that picture in training they'll be able to take that into the game a bit better yeah for sure uh trainer on tuesday and then last game of the year, Saturday, isn't it? Weather permitting, yeah. Weather permitting. So, uh, so yeah, we'll see. We might have our ice skates on again. Um, but yeah, game against sort of one of the joint top of the table, top six is all pretty tight. So it'll be, um, yeah, good good opportunity if, if we do play. But I think it's been a good, really good first half of the season. Um for me, the way that we plan our sessions is really helping me be better at co-coaching, which is something that I'm, I think I've always seen as something that I couldn't be better at. Um, and our kind of, whether it's over a coffee or even a phone call like that, that hour that we spend going through training and what we want to get out of it. And then kind of dividing our roles as well. 
whether that's for me and you or for the other coaches as well, that's really helpful for me. Um, being able to to be productive in training, I think. Yeah, for sure. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because you're still playing as you coach. So there's there's obviously some some extra bits to think about there. But good stuff. Thanks, Drew.